Welcome to this episode of the e-commerce insights podcast. I'm your host, Scott DeGrossier, founder and CEO of Wicked Reports. Today's episode is near and dear to my heart. It's about how to turn data into action because I've spent 15 to 20,000 hours in marketing attribution. And so being knee deep in such a tricky pursuit in life has made me aware of things that uh, create success or failure when you're trying to act in marketing analytics in general. Our tagline at Wicked Reports is data, insight, action. And a lot of people like to focus on the data. Well, how are you going to get the data? How are you going to track the people? How am I going to know the tracking setup? And, and that is a legitimate thing to wonder about. And then the next phase of that journey, if you will, is what are the insights I'm going to get? Show me the reports. Show me the flash. Show me the nitty-gritty exciting charts and graphs and benchmarks and tools I'm going to use. That's the insights. But where the rubber meets the road, and it's not just in marketing attribution, but really any dashboard tool you're looking at, any type of reporting, e-commerce analytics, conversion rate analytics, ROI, lifetime value, it all comes down to how do you act? Because if you're not actually acting on the data, if you're just looking at it, or if you're not even doing that, <laughs> some people don't. Uh, if you're not acting on it, no point. There's just no point to all the effort it took to get the data set up, to understand the insights. Like none of that matters if you don't act on it and, and get the goal that you're trying to get, the purpose of gathering and collecting the data. And so... I've thought about this a lot because my livelihood depends on it and our customers' happiness depend on it. The satisfaction of our employees doing the work depends on it. People want to feel good about their investment in our product. We want to feel good about the product we're giving them and we want the people working for us to be happy they can give the customers the solutions that they want. And to me, it all comes to a head at acting on the data. So that's what we're talking about today. So an interesting thing to me about as I went through all the different blogs on user experience, on how to onboard your customers, and not a lot of them are focused on advanced use cases or use cases that have delayed gratification. And with analytics, often you spend the time and effort to get something set up, hopefully a nominal amount of effort, but it kind of depends. Things are tricky nowadays, all the different tech stacks going on, all the different new technologies. Sometimes setup can be painful. Sometimes it can be fast and simple. So when you get over that stage and you now have data in whatever tool or platform you're using, then it comes to, okay, what am I going to do with this? Now, I've found there, there are a couple of key decisions to make you as the person using a data platform to figure out how you're going to get and be able to act on the insights you're paying for. The first thing is what is the goal of what you're trying to accomplish? Because if you don't have a goal in mind and you're just looking at a beautiful pie chart 
or a fancy graph or a grid of numbers without a goal. You know, your eyes can quickly glaze over or you can just aimlessly be looking at something. Having a goal will crystallize and kind of make the steps come, make them accessible to you to act on is when you've determined what the hell you're doing to begin with and <laughs> looking at the data. An example is, let's say you want to know profitability on acquiring new leads. Well, there are a number of reports that can help support that goal. But just having the goal means certain reports you don't care about and certain reports have to be used in a very precise manner, in which case you can solve that goal. Uh, another example would be, how do I use my customer lifetime value in my customer acquisition pay-per-click campaigns? Well, that's a very precise goal. It's articulated well, and it means a whole set of criteria, a framework, if you will, that you're going to use to solve that particular question. So, that, so that's the first thing. You got to know the goal of what you're trying to accomplish. And, and I want to cover a couple of these criteria to help with action. And then we're going to walk through an actual making a decision on data and acting on it. And I'll actually have a visual with this. So if you're watching on YouTube, you'll just see it. And if you're on a podcast, you can follow along fine. But just know that there's a YouTube video on this that might provide further clarity if you want. That's the first thing is the goal. That's always to me the most important thing. What are you trying to solve? Not just, hey, I'm going to load up this report and look at it. And then like, look, and then you just <laughs> do nothing. So what's your goal? The second criteria is time. Both time that the data has been accumulated and the time range of the report you're looking at. Because that can really skew your results and affect your action. So you need to have a time frame in mind along with your goal before you're even determining any type of action. Two instances here. First, as it relates to marketing attribution. Well, the hardest thing to track, but the most valuable thing is when you can correlate customer lifetime value back to your top of the funnel cold traffic. Now, when you're doing such a thing, you need to consider certain inputs but you also need to consider time. And what I mean by that is, so how long in the past has cold traffic taken to convert to a customer? And then is your product the type of customer that customer lifetime value is a big impact, meaning they, there's recurring products or there's repeat purchases that greatly impact the value and therefore the cold traffic campaigns take longer to show the ROI. So if, that's, if, if you're in that boat, which, which many people are, then two things. One, when, you, when you're using marketing attribution platform, you need to give the data enough time to accumulate so that you can act on cold traffic with accurate data. And also, you need to have your customer lifetime value data wired into your attribution so you can tell the impact it's going to have. <laughs> I bring this up because if you're just using like a Facebook pixel to determine your results, it doesn't consider customer lifetime value and it doesn't consider, hey, cold traffic might take time to buy. It just looks and says, hey, did the pixel go off on the purchase page and what was the last thing someone saw or clicked on? So it, it's not using the right time frame, and it's not using customer lifetime value. 
So that's why it's so tough to scale cold traffic campaigns without marketing attribution. The third and most important part of being able to act on data is having a framework for action that's been validated, that's been proven to work, and that's repeatable. Because if you just go in and like infer things based on spidey hunches because of a pretty pie chart, or you're just saying, oh, let the machine learning take care of it, I don't get this stuff, <laughs> or just getting anxiety looking at numbers and then just trying to make a quick decision and getting out of there and not even sure why, not having a hypothesis or a, a framework that you use to act on, then how can you trust those actions? You need a repeatable proven framework that you follow consistently. And this is something I've learned the hard way, me at Wicca Reports, where our business is retaining people based on them acting on marketing attribution data. What I realized is things that I would interpret or obviously see is because I put in 15,000 hours and I don't want anyone to put in even a hundred hours. I want to put in like an hour a week looking at the data and acting on it. If that, like I want it fast, easy and profitable. And the only way to do that is have a consistent experience for the customers that's based on something that we've used over and over that has retained our customers because when they've taken these actions, they make more money or lose less or stop wasting money or lose less money because they follow a framework when they're looking at their marketing attribution data. And this was a real eye-opening thing to it, for it to dawn on me and then to actually create and then to see it work and then to see it repeatable where people can take our manuals, use them and it works was very satisfying, but also very illuminating that Jesus, in the past, if we, we didn't have these frameworks, you know, what, what the hell were people doing in there? They, you know, smart users that just knew how to use the data or, or learned. And so it, it was a real eye-opener. But the most important thing we found at taking action is having a playbook that has frameworks that complements the other two things I mentioned, that uses the correct date ranges and times and also is designed to achieve goals and then present the framework. The flip side of that is when you, if you go to a report and it's just say, here's how to use the report and it just vomits out all the different features, that's not telling you how to use the data. That's not telling you how, to, how do you take the insights and then turn them into money in your pocket. And that's what the, the bar is, in my opinion, for marketing attribution. Follow a consistent playbook, take these actions, achieve more ROI. So this realization led for me to create something called a Wicked Reports playbook. Now you can go to help.wickedreports.com and just type in the word playbook and you'll see all the plays or you can see some of the screen shares that are going to occur in this YouTube video. So I created this Wicked Reports playbook so that it would give you a precise framework on how to act. And related to that, it takes into account specific data and when it's available and it instructs you on the date ranges and times to use. And then based on different goals, it shows you exactly what to do with the system. For example, here is page six of the Wicked Reports playbook and it's specific insights and in showing you when they're available based on when data has been prepped, cleaned, attributed and transformed for you. 
And so different insights are available over time. You'll see some of the most valuable insights aren't available for a couple weeks. It's not that we don't know how to create the report. It's not that we don't know how to collect the data. None of that. It's that's when it's safe to act on those type of insights because we've collected enough knowledge from your data, collected enough signals. And this is something that can be, if, if you're just bombing into Google Analytics and saying, hey, show me last week, and you're, you're looking for certain insights and you're not aware that some of them take time to accrue or some of them you have to use only certain cohorts, which is certain segments of your population of people that have been clicking or that have been joining your CRM or that have been buying the correct bucketing of these people and the only looking at insights when they're ready based on certain time is very important and can really, really screw you up. Here's an example. You sign up for, well, I'll just use Wicker Reports. You sign up for Wicker Reports. You want to, you're excited to know about your cold traffic. You really want to convert your first clicks off YouTube. You want to know what videos are making people click to first hear about my brand and then later become customers. However, in your history, your customers have generally taken, your cold traffic leads have generally taken three weeks on average to become customers. In that instance, when you sign up for our service, we don't want you making decisions based on your first click data after a week of tracking, no matter how much data we've tracked. This is because your cold traffic leads normally take three weeks to buy. So why are you going to assess a cold traffic campaign after one week if it usually takes you three weeks to close them? You're not. And so we instruct you, don't use that data yet. We have to accumulate the insights and calculate the models, and then we have to let the ROI accrue with a fair amount of time that your cold traffic should have to convert. And this is something where people get in there and a day or two in, they'd start seeing first click data and be upset. Jeez, everything stinks. Well, my ROI is crappy. Well, it's because they don't close right away. Another example related to that, and this is a Google Analytics example as well, is your data, well, you need it if you're assessing cold traffic, you need to make sure it's really cold traffic. And you have to have a really a foolproof way of doing that. And you have to have a, a tight definition of what cold traffic means and a tight way of assessing something's really cold traffic. Here at Wicker Reports, we use your CRM. If they're not in your CRM, so for example, Clavio, ActiveCampaign, HubSpot, Drip, Entreport, Infusionsoft, any of those integrations, we have a couple dozen. But if they're not in your CRM, we consider them cold traffic. And once they're in there, they're considered warm. That's the line that we make of whether someone's cold or warm. Now, other people might have other interpretations of that. That's what we use and we do it because it's verifiable against real first party data. We know for sure if someone's on your list, that's when we know, hey, they're not cold anymore. They opted in for your marketing. And before that, there may be degrees of cold <laughs> But if they're not on your list, they're cold. That's how we do it. Now, as it relates to your goals and how those turn into insights, here's an example of how we do that. Determining the correct attribution model. You'll see this chart. It's got attribution models. It's got best used to measure. So if your best used to measure question comes up, we know which model to use. So we're already framing the insights to give you the answer you need based on your goal, a common one. 
what's generating my new leads and are those new leads becoming profitable? That's a, a nice precise goal. It's a super valuable goal because if you can scale cold traffic acquisition that leads to high customer lifetime value, you have reverse engineered your customer acquisition machine. They can pour money in that cold traffic. And people that aren't measuring new leads, that are just looking at the bottom of the funnel, they're wondering why their sales aren't scaling. Meanwhile, you're buying all the cold traffic up that just takes time, a little bit of time to convert, and then you're killing it. So it's a great question to ask. <laughs> it's, why, it's a good one we'll use. We'll use that for our framework here today too. But let's say that's your goal. Well, you need to use the new lead attribution model. So already, like if you've collected a bunch of reports, you have a bunch of insights floating around in whatever reporting platform dashboard you're using, well, that goal will crystallize to a specific attribution model, which then lends itself to a precise framework to use to scale your ad spend. So let's show how to do that. So we've decided that we want to solve the problem of what are my cold traffic leads that become high value customers because I want to buy more of those. In our playbook, here is how we calculate new lead attribution. It's what made them first opt into your list. And so we cross-reference your CRM to determine that. And we then hold that attribution point forever because there's only one particular click ever that will generate that lead. So that point is held in time and then we mine your customer lifetime value forever in the future and give revenue back to that particular conversion point. And then once we do that, we have a framework for how you act on it. So here's our precise framework on acting on new lead ROI. She's very specific steps and they're very concise. Go to the ROI report, choose new lead ROI attribution. So that's already guiding you to the correct report and parameter. And then there's specific steps on how to scale the high ROI campaigns. Because yes, you can just move the low ROI ad spend to the high ROI campaigns for that particular model. But the real advanced tactics we found that work is scaling within the campaign. And for this example, I'm going to use Facebook. The same thing applies to Google though. So within a campaign, we tell you, pick a campaign using the Campaign Explorer. Look at the combinations of ad sets and ads where the ROI is low on a specific ad set. Move the ad spend to where the ROI is high. And where the ROI is low on a specific ad, move the spend to where the ROI is high. And see, it's not rocket science, but it is steps. And so there's specific steps. And so here's a framework for how to act on it. You've all, you know, people are always trying to say to match the message to the market. Well, this is how to do that with cold traffic. What message is the ad and what market is the ad set? That's the targeting. So within a campaign, you have multiple targets, which are multiple ad sets and wh whichever message worked, which ad that'll have the highest ROI on the cold traffic and that ad is, should get the spend for that ad set. Conversely, if you're looking at all your ads and you see a bunch of high ROI or low ROI, you can look and see for this ad, which market liked this message the best, which ad set, and move your ad spend to that. And so it creates a self-funding optimization engine where you take your low ad spend within a campaign and move it. So rather than just have to find more money out of your budget, 
you're optimizing, you're, you're betting, doubling down on the winners within a winning campaign. So you have a winning campaign and then winners within the campaign from the market, which is the ad set, and then winners within the campaign, that's the ad. And so you use both of those to basically triple optimize your high ROI campaigns. And then you keep doing that for the high ROI campaigns. And that's how it works. These scaling this way can have astronomical results. Take our origin story, Get Maine Lobster. They had spent four grand and lost it on cold traffic. Then we spent five grand and tracked it and found after three months, they made 10 to one. Now he spent millions of dollars on Facebook, made over 10 million, all from using these techniques. So now let's look at the steps on a low ROI campaign. This, this is an advanced play, but Wicked Reports, we're somewhat advanced and I'm not going to shy away from that. <laughs> let's look at it. So for a low ROI campaign, you're determining kill or chill. Kill is you stop, you stop the ad spend right away. Chill is we're not going to stop it yet, even though it's low. For we have data-driven reasons to think maybe it's going to pan out. So the first thing we do is check something called the forecasted campaign evaluation time. This is where we're having the right data. We're trying to look at how long cold traffic normally takes to convert. Because has this campaign been running that long? Sometimes people want to kill low ROI campaigns. It's been three days. Well, you're welcome to do that if you have other internal metrics that say things aren't going well. But from an ROI perspective, we want to give it time based on how long your leads normally take to buy, how long traffic normally converts. Second, how long we've we been tracking clicks. It could be we're showing low ROI because we haven't had tracking that long. Have we been tracking clicks longer than the forecasted campaign evaluation time? Because if we have, then it's safe to act. So if that's the case and you have a low ROI campaign, we have specific steps to check and see, is there a place in the customer journey where you are getting a lot more conversions than somewhere else in the customer journey? Because some campaigns do so-so everywhere. Some campaigns do a lot better on cold traffic than they do on warm. And some do better on warm and some do better on hot bottom of the funnel. And there's a lot of factors that go into that. But we have the specific steps you can see here where we, you look at the multi-touch model and you see where the highest conversion points are. Then you pick the attribution model for that highest conversion point and see if there's high enough ROI to keep spending on that one part of the journey, in which case you would then cut off ad spend elsewhere. And if there isn't high enough ROI anywhere in the customer journey, then you kill it. And that's the play. So there's no ambiguity on, geez, what should I do? The ROI seems low here. Well, here's how to do it. It's a precise playbook. And it works, and it's based on the foundations of attribution. Got pretty deep into it today, but I really, this is a passionate topic for me. It's passionate for me because that, that's where the rubber meets the road on everything we're trying to do here at Wicked Reports, but it's also why people are so frustrated with reporting solutions. They got to translate it into action. And so I hope this gave you an idea of considerations to, to turn things into action, and then also specific actions you can take if you're a Wicked Reports customer watching this, some specific actions you can take in the playbook you now have. So thanks for listening and I'll catch you next week. Bye.